1: Greetings, one and all, and welcome to another episode of Transplaining. With me, Jordan Gray. This is a podcast where a special guest ask one big question and one small question about anything that is on their mind. I then attempt to answer these questions using knowledge what I have on that subject, which is sometimes not very much knowledge on that subject. Asking the questions today is the brilliant comedian and podcaster Susie Ruffle. And as regular listeners know, I'm always enlist the assistance of a special pal to help with my transplanations, Katie Pritchard. You're here now. Hello, welcome.
2: Hello, everybody. <laughs>
1: you're, you're my special guest and I couldn't be happier because I really like you. You're really good and nice and funny in that.
2: And I really like you too. And what people might not have heard, yeah. because it's a audio experience right you put your leg in the air just then when you were doing your introduction and it was so graceful it was like a swan
1: thanks very much it's only my legs that are swan like (laughs) the rest of me is sort of like a boulder um There's bits when you have to say things that are written down and my mind can't handle, it's just some words, so I have to do something. Like in stand-up, I don't know if you've ever seen me perform stand-up. I know the answer to that. I was just fishing if you'd say something nice. (laughs) I
2: have seen Jordan many times and every time I give a standing ovation. You do, actually. very awkward moments in the in the set because I just am having the best time. On the way
1: in. On the way which in. I, was really weird.
2: I didn't sit down at the start of your show. I
1: was like, I'll just stay stood up. It wasn't necessarily that you were clapping, it's that you were stood a foot for me. <laughs> In that theatre. Really close. Yeah, just stood right in front of me. I'm going to say some nice things about you now. They're nice, they're written down, but also, because no, so they while they <laughs> are a them they're also really nice things, of with which I agree. Katie, which is you, that is you right there. Katie is an award winning comedian, musician, actor, writer, and artist. You play guitar in an all girl band called the Daisy Chains. Started doing a bit of art during the pandemic, doing portrait commissions and designing t shirts and jumpers. I've seen them, they're really good. Thank <laughs> you. I'm, I'm adding my own, you can tell the last bits like, so I'm yeah, in, I'm adding, adding my own little addendums. Like, They're like um, lo-fi sort of cartoons, aren't they? Yeah. Can I have one? Can I commission one?
2: Yeah, of course. 100%. Here's
1: the thing, though. Like I've got loads of pictures of kids who have drawn my me and mm-hmm. my hair. And to draw my hair, it's really, <laughs> all kids do the exact same <laughs> thing. You just take a pen and you scribble it around in a circle for yeah. ages and you don't take the pen off the page. And that's the sort of style that you do, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> it's like really lo-fi.
2: Like a kid's done it, like yeah.
1: A, yeah, well, how do you do it? You don't do, do it on paint.
2: Oh, uh, well, I used to, used to do it, it on paint, paint. yeah. Now I, I've upgraded myself, but it's <laughs> the same thing. Like, I do it on Procreate, but I don't really know how to use Procreate, so I just know how to use one type of pen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not and that's I mean, what I don't do. Don't yourself short. We've all people have only used one pen since the dawn of time. Most <laughs> people don't tend to use more than one pen. Um, you recently appeared on my extra every Cabaret at the O2. Did you have a nice time?
2: I had a lovely time. It was good, was And you smashed it. You were such a good host. Thanks. Everyone was so excited to be near Jordan as well. At the end, when everyone was coming up, they were like skipping away after having their selfies with you. It's so cute. People are nice, aren't they? So I found nice. that in
1: this industry. People are really lovely. Katie Pritchard, Susie Ruffle's is going to join us in, in a very short amount of time, like really, really short amount of time. Is there any area of expertise that you think you might have that might help uh, answer explain some of Susie's questions anything at all
2: um, that you oh. My main area of expertise <laughs> is not being able to reach anything <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know right. how useful that'll be today but if you ever want anything not reached that's where I really come into my own I good at asking people to help me reach things down
1: so perhaps if you're a person maybe like myself I'm a bit taller than the average woman so if anything I'm reaching for things that I don't need yeah. I'm over <laughs> man's reach exceeds his grasp as, as someone once said in a thing like I've got too many things I'm grabbing things all the time so if I need that to happen less I'll enlist you to grab things
2: yeah. for yeah likewise if you need something reached off the floor I am closer to the floor happy to help Thanks. But anything higher than the floor is, is hard for me.
1: <laughs> you never know, they might come up. I don't know Susie's relationship with the ground, but <laughs> perhaps, perhaps your expertise might come in. I think well, a good thing to do now would be to bring in our very special guest, Susie Ruffle. Susie Ruffle, welcome to the Transplaining Rectangle. Thank you so much for joining us from your undisclosed location. Not going to tell people where you are, but it looks fancy. But a nice room.
0: I'm I'm in my my office, which is blue. I've recently had it painted (laughs) blue. That's
1: it. It's great. Susie Ruffle. I'm going to say some things about you to you now. Susie is currently on tour with her show Snappy. She is, of course, a regular on our screens and radios, having appeared on numerous comedy programmes off the back of her critically acclaimed stand-up shows. She has a podcast, Out, which is out as well, (laughs) um, which I was on, which thank you so much, Susie, for allowing me to come and talk on your programme, while she also hosts Like-Minded Friends with Tom Allen. I like Tom Allen. He's nice, ain't he? He's a nice man.
0: He's a very good boy. He's a lovely boy. Yes, yeah. indeed.
1: I met him at the Comedy Awards. Were you in attendance at the Comedy Awards, Susie, the National yes, Comedy Awards?
0: We spoke to each other there. Did
1: we? What, what, oh, it was such a blur. <laughs> I don't know if I, if I made a big deal out of it, but I arrived on a motorbike and it was all a little bit blurry and a bit crazy. Um, oh,
0: I love it when they send a bike limo.
1: I've never, It was my first time. So what, <laughs> what was your experience when, when your first time on a motorbike?
0: I, I've only done it a handful of times. Was your driver called Reese? Oh, he might have been. You know, it was a Scottish fellow. It's a Scottish guy. It was Reese. I don't know if Reese. I can't remember. Anyway, all I know is that he's picked me up a couple of times. He's called Reese, and I hold him around the belly. And then he, and then, that, was, that was a part of it. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then he was like, "You don't need to hold me around the belly. You can hold on to the hammers at the back." And so then I just sort of inappropriately touched a man that was giving me a ride somewhere. But it was it, it, it was all left fine. There was nothing. He didn't seem cross about it. It was just a misunderstanding from where I was literally sat. It's,
1: it's so strange that that's become a normal part of like it's like, what's the, like a Mandela effect that we're supposed to hold each other around the bellies in motorbike rides. It's completely not the case. He said that to me as well. I said, um, let's say it was Reese. He might as well have been Reese." So you just hold you around the belly. And he said, no, <laughs> he made it, <laughs> made it really clear like it was the most normal thing. Of course, you don't hold another person around the belly. Susie Ruffle, the, the format of this show is that we ask yes. you to provide us with one big and one small question and then Katie yes. and I are going to attempt to transplain that. Do you have perhaps a big question prepared for us and we'll get the ball rolling?
0: My, my big question is, how do we ensure that we pass on a better world to the next generation?
1: Oh, that's a big, that's, <laughs> like, that's great, that's perfectly big. Straight off the bat, I would ask you, Susie, why, um, why is that on your mind? Why have you got thinking about that sort of thing?
0: Well, I've got a little girl, yeah. and, I, and I think a lot, my new show is a lot about me sort of wrestling with uh, what I can do to improve the world that she's going to be living in. My. And uh, so it's something that's on my mind a lot, because I constantly have this gorgeous little nearly three-year-old who is sort of full of joy and pure and expects the kindness out of everyone and doesn't know that the world can be a dreadful place and doesn't know that people can be terribly mean and uh, one day she's going to have to learn all of that, and I find
1: it terrifying. See, my instinct would have been to have said, they don't know much, so you could just tell them the world that they're about to inherit. If, if, (laughs) If the issue is not wanting to feel responsible for the terrible world we've left behind, just say, this is just the world. That might be a pessimistic way of thinking about. it. Like, are you trying to make the world better, or are we trying to avoid responsibility for for the world that we've left behind, or is it a little bit of both?
0: Oh no, 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 no! It's definitely I'm trying to make the world better. Right. Okay. All oh, right. I see. I don't, I don't think I could abscond responsibility. <laughs> sure. uh, that, that, that is part of a, a you know a, a parent's peril is is that you, uh, that you I'm I'm responsible for it, but I just don't know what to do in order to improve
1: it. It's a big thing, Katie. Thoughts. <laughs>
2: Well, personally, like it would be great to get maybe a pulley system on shelving in supermarkets, so a that pulley could, system. Yeah, so that I could reach things. Like I can move sure. the shelves to reach them down.
1: It's a small thing. It's a small change for small people, much like a child.
2: I don't know how much that's going to improve <laughs> the world
0: for future generations. I appreciate. No. I mean, I'm sort of a bit bigger than average height, so I can't. <laughs> I, I can sort of imagine what it might be like to be a bit shorter. But I don't know how much a pulley system is going to sort of do anything no, right. to improve, for example, climate change.
2: OK, yeah. I've taken those points on board. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you, yeah, maybe we're, we're,
1: on, we're overlooking the versatility of the pulley system because, of course, there's things in the ocean that shouldn't be there. Tell you what you need in that situation. Get some pulleys A pulle there, pulley yeah. system.
2: Yeah, we can oh, hoist you get them that. out. Sure. Yeah. OK.
1: Um,
0: that how be- will you make sure that you're not accidentally getting a dolphin?
1: Oh, we've only just thought of this idea, Susie. I mean, sorry, we are still troubleshooting.
0: Um, sorry, sorry. I've, 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 I've come in. I've come in expecting
2: too much from you. you
0: Coming hot, thing. and that's, thought,
2: that's great. Maybe no. I go down on the police system and yeah. I go, are you, "Are you a dolphin?" And then if they say no, I'll be like, "Get on here, then." And if they say yes, I'll be like, "Be free."
1: Sure. That right. could be okay. an
2: option for that.
1: So so far, we've made the world better for sort of small people and dolphins. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You want a politician that doesn't, doesn't want to be there? Tell you what you do. Little pulley comes down, <laughs> lift him up, pop another one in. This pulley system is really coming into its own right? over the course of the last minute.
0: Yeah. What else can we pulley? I'm sorry I precluded. it. You're right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't no, no, in heart and I'm sorry. No, like it's most scary no. ideas,
1: they start scary and that's fine. You, you know, are scared yeah. of change. <laughs> but so far, this is the best. I mean, it's the idea to beat, if anything. Is <laughs> what is it perhaps about the world that you would most like to change Maybe one specific thing rather than a big broad thing. What's something that you think about more than anything for your daughter to inherit that would be bad? I,
0: I, want, I want people to be more tolerant. Right. Right. I'm okay. very aware that she's growing up with a couple of mums.
1: A good thing. So, Love a mum. Love a mum. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. and she's got she's got duble mum,
1: <laughs> doublé Duble mama. Yeah,
0: doublé mum, doublé fun. As I yeah. always
1: say. Double uh, the mum, double the fun is a t shirt that I will be wearing tomorrow. That's great.
0: Okay, great. uh You make t shirts, don't you, Katie? Continue I do. You yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my that'd gosh, be, I've had two idea. commissions so far.
2: Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess the news at the moment is, I mean, a lot of it is about sort of tolerance to people that might not be from this country or from i don't know how we encourage everyone to realize that you know if we're just a bit
2: nicer to each other yeah. then it'll probably be okay if we had a giant police system in place right, okay, people sure, would sure, have sure. to work together <laughs> we'd have to work together
1: Right, I see what you're saying. So really, it, metaphorically and literally speaking, we'd have to work together yeah. to make that pulley system work. We, we will offer you some farcical advice and some serious advice yeah, over I'll, the sure, course. Sure, 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 I think sure, sure, sure. I'll thing. stop with the pulley. No, I love no. the pulley. Don't no. you ever, no, ever no, look, <laughs> poo-poo that pulley. It works, it works. Perhaps in the vein of what you said, people working together, of course people become a, a lot more conservatively minded, small c, when they are afraid. But we're all afraid. It's not, there's no, it's not like a lot of afraid people and then some... Other people twiddling their dastardly moustaches, saying, how can I make everyone afraid? We're all afraid of each other. Now, it seems like an obvious thing to say. But the doom mongering is perhaps a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Us oh, all no. saying it's really bad. Now, it is bad. Right, here is my, here's my advice. You've got the pulley. You're going home with the pulley. Don't think you're not oh, getting the pulley. Right, but as another piece of advice, perhaps we lie about how bad things are, as in we say that they're all right. So people aren't as afraid of each other and the young generation don't grow up with that fear and perhaps it'll all sort itself out. Now, that last bit sounded really flippant, but I genuinely believe in that. Maybe we don't keep saying how bad things are to each other. We do the work. We only really talk about the good things and they will sort of prevail and materialise. Now, you've got that or you've got, a pull- <laughs> or you've got a pulley system. Weirdly, I'm going back to the pulley. And <laughs> that- that's, yeah, that's fine because that, that's what this show is all about. Lying or ropes
2: the big two no i think you're right like all the doom mongering scaring stuff that's the problem why don't we just get rid of all the naughty newspapers sure then uh this is this is where yeah okay now, this, now, now, now okay right. N- now,
0: now we're cooking on gas if
2: you're a naughty newspaper you're out
1: right Great okay start. yeah good.
2: i mean i think that would sort out a hefty percentage of the issue
1: what was perhaps the last thing that your little one um, was worried about, Susie, Do you remember the last thing that came? Well, up she's
2: to? not worried about anything, right because okay. she, cause, cause, but
0: I'm worried about everything. Her other mum, Alice, is very cool, calm and collected. She knows exactly who she is. She's very much a port in a storm. Sure. is my Alice,
1: whereas I'm Someone in a storm going, "Fuck, there's a storm There's a storm!" Um, right. So that kind of plays into it. It's like you know kids aren't afraid of spiders until we see one, and we go, "Fuck a spider," and then that goes right. into their brain. So look, we're all either Are an you Alice or a I'm Susie. the problem <laughs> this is. This is such
2: a
0: bad time. You said, come on my podcast. It's just a laugh. It's just a chit chat. And now I'm on your podcast. I'm seriously rethinking my parenting. I'm worried that I'm getting it all wrong. Is it my fault? What, I, what I'm passing on to the next generation is just, just
1: anxiety. Um, next time there's a storm count a beat, count down from ten, <laughs> rather than shouting at your child that there's a storm. Just sort of you breathe in, breathe out. I don't and shout at her, I shout with her.
0: It's <laughs> a different thing.
1: We shout together. Well, that's nice. There's something that you can bond over. We can't have you leave unhappy with your transplanation. No, no. Um, would you be happy as a placeholder that a sort of a metaphysical pulley system that removes the things that we don't like, combined with a dismantling of the naughty newspapers, is at least a good start?
0: Yes. Also, can we throw into the
2: newspapers also getting rid of Twitter?
1: Oh, yeah, oh. like that.
2: Just get rid of it. Uh, to be fair, Twitter's doing a good job of getting rid of itself at the moment, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's true. It's taking it upon itself to...
1: It is eating itself a little <laughs> bit. <Twitter's>, um, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Twitter's uh, an odd one for me because everywhere else is really nice to me and I go on Twitter. And if I only was on Twitter, I'd think, I would think I must be a terrible, awful person because Twitter's opinion of me really specifically is that they don't like me very much. I was on some unusual news the other night. What's that? Is it GB News or LBC News or whatever? There is a GB, GB
2: News. Yeah. One of them? GB News is the
1: telly angry. one. All angry. all angry. All of them angry all the time, specifically at me. It's a really, really unusual state of affairs. But this isn't about me. This is transplaining. And it's about you being happy with your transplanation, Susie. So, but
0: I want to add, you know, you know, you can just not be on Twitter.
1: There is that. Like, just don't go on it. No,
0: but I'm saying this now <laughs> as, as, as someone that has done that. Oh, right. I'm you off You've, Twitter. You're off Twitter. Twitter. Like, I'm on there, but I don't tweet anything. I had a pile on after I did a documentary
1: yeah.
0: uh, with lots of people lying about me and threatening to come to shows and things. It was, all very, it was very, very, very violent for people that had hashtag feminist in their biogs. And my wife took my phone off of me. This is more than a year ago. Took my phone off of me, deleted the Twitter app said, I don't think this is going to do any good for you, changed my password, and I've not been on it. I, I go on it, I occasionally have a look at it on her phone, but probably once every six weeks, oh. and I text
1: her what I need her to t- tweet for me. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's really nice. Yeah. She took that upon herself to do that, and you're, I imagine, very grateful for her decision to have jumped yeah, in. Yeah, now,
0: now I just shout at the
1: storms. <laughs> That's it. There's no one left <laughs> to shout at. Right. Defer your anger to a uh, nebulous cloud-based activity. That's yeah. another piece of great advice. Shout at weather mm. and we'll all be fine. I think what a good thing to do now would be to move on to some quick fire listeners questions. Susie yes. and Casey, if you help me quickly transplain some, uh, some quick fire questions that people have sent in That's a nice idea. Audience questions then, starting with Abigail Hunt. Are there any other animals apart from spiders that effectively lay traps for their prey and in evolutionary terms isn't making a web an inefficient way of capturing your dinner? Not if you're a spider. It's great if you're a spider. We can't make webs, Abigail Hunt, is what I will say. Any other animals that lay traps? traps. Humans. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why that wasn't the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> we do do that. We lay physical traps. We lay emotional traps for each other.
2: Yep me
1: do this podcast was one of yeah, them yeah that that's called. how i've ended up here <laughs> exactly <that's laughs> um so in an evolutionary sense making a web is that the most efficient way pound for pound does a spider catch more flies than we catch what do we hunt we don't really hunt we stick them in boxes don't we big buildings with each other in horrible ways what's the th- what do we really hunt not much not to eat um,
0: vegetables i hunt a lot of vegetables <laughs> What is that? I've got, like? got a
1: vegetable patch.
0: Yeah. Um, I look out my window. I've got a little pair of binoculars. <laughs>
1: sure.
0: Nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then peas are coming up.
1: <laughs> and out
0: the out creep, creeping out, just with my slippers on so they can't hear me coming. Sure. Sure.
1: sure. <laughs> got them. Can you <laughs> picture the, the sitcom of Su- the Susie Ruffle sitcom and just like, you know, it's a quiet. You don't need to garden. picture it. I've no? pitched <laughs> you, a number of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to see that script. Just. Like a harpoon just shoot coming into shot and spearing a little potato in your garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. Vegetables then. All right, we'll mm-hmm. add vegetables to the list of things. Was um, <laughs> helpful? It certainly was. Abigail Hunt, Good. that's some practical advice for you to take home. But I
0: think webs are amazing.
1: They are incredible. They are incredible.
2: I'm really scared of spiders. Okay. So, What do you do if there's one in your house? I go... What are you doing here? Right, <laughs> yeah. and they say, they say I'm, I I'm busy. Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, Make do a my thing, and then I'll <laughs> pick an implement of choice to get right. rid of them.
1: Right, uh, but that was that's quite a quite a precarious situation. Is it? Yeah. A, you pick. You mean you're a skewer or a glass or a flat surface? What do you do? How do you? How would you dispose of something you're afraid of?
2: It depends on my bravery level at that particular time right. of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, when are you bravest? <laughs> I'm, I'm bravest like desperate for a wee because
0: oh, i just goodness. got yes. yeah you gotta get I, it done i feel that yeah, yeah, yeah i need yeah, a yeah, wee, I feel
2: that. so i feel very brave then and very empowered i
1: do remember right. reading an article that said that having a full bladder um, increases your critical thinking capacity so that's wow. something isn't it yeah how do you get rid of a spider i don't know oh i need a wee oh i've got a very elaborate crap yeah. set up ready
2: yeah i've got this whole thing going. love on. a
1: spider bloody love a spider do you like a spider you love a web you love a web, there ain't no spiders I, I, I I'm
0: impressed by them, but, I, but I'm quite frightened. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if you had a tarantula pet, Jordan. And I, I don't mean that as a diss. <laughs>
1: I mean that, I, I take that as a huge compliment. I don't have one, but I would like to have one. Our, our flat doesn't allow pets. Not that I imagine a spider's going to particularly <laughs> cause a ruckus or a noise. But I, I do love a spider. I always have. It was perhaps Richard Dawkins, which may I don't know, I don't know what Richard Dawkins is up to now. I do think maybe it's a potentially problematic comparison. But he did once say that there are seven wonders of the natural world. One of them is a spider's webs and another is a pianist's fingers. I've got both of those things. And I've always felt a little affinity with a spider. Put a spider in a piano. Ah, oh, oh. sounds amazing. <laughs> chopsticks. I, I, I often, I think I put my little trancher at the end of the piano and we'll chop sticks together. <laughs> Lucas Rose asks, Is the old adage that it's too cold to snow a lot of nonsense? Oh yeah, you do it. that? Yeah, people say, "Oh, it's not gonna. It's too cold to snow." Mm. Is it rubbish?
2: Is that when it's too like icy?
1: When it's already icy?
2: Yeah, it's like the snow is too. It's an ice block. It's not snowflakes, right?
1: <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, yeah.
2: That would be dangerous.
1: I, I suppose what we think in our brains is it's freeze drying, isn't it? It's like it's so cold up there. There's no. There's no time for water to turn into snow. Am I talking bullshit? Who knows?
2: I imagine it like it's just the cloud is just a massive ice block. Right. But then how does it stay up there? It's kind of wild. (laughs) It's a pulley. Weirdly, (laughs) it's a pulley (laughs) system. It's a pulley system.
1: All this time, Susie, you've been shouting at clouds. Turns out the solution was up there the whole time. Everything's just winched up. (laughs) I love your there. world, Katie, is sort of like like a sort of a pantomime <laughs> set, isn't it? Everything in your life is just held up with ropes and two D colorful ca- characters.
2: Yeah, because I can't reach anything out. <laughs> bring
1: it down again. You don't know what's up there because you can't reach. Man. That's not your fault.
2: Yeah, I'd imagine it's just an ice block up
0: there if it's too cold. Do we know if it is actually ever too cold to snow? Do we have the real answer? We don't need to have
1: it. No, I think the point of the podcast is that whatever we offer as a solution is sort of gospel because <laughs> we okay, don't great, have the great, great. Unless, Susie, you have the answer to hand.
0: No, no, just sort of more interested, more interested, more <laughs> wanting to connect. Sure.
1: Lucas Rose, it's an ice block up there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, Dan- worry, no, Danny from Guildford. <clears throat> Danny from Guildford. Is the infinite monkey theorem accurate? Right, we'll go over that in a second. Or in other words, could a lot of monkeys write Shakespeare by randomly hitting a keyboard given enough time? Right, so you've got an infinite amount of monkeys. That's as many monkeys as you can possibly have, which means there's an infinitely large room. A lot. Likewise, keyboards. There's loads of keyboards. If we left them long enough, would one of them type the full works of Shakespeare on its first try? But vice versa, if you had one monkey, but it's a life forever, would it eventually type the full works of Shakespeare? That is the monkey theorem in a nutshell. Does it make sense?
0: All the experience that I've had with monkeys, which isn't <laughs> loads, but I think if you gave a monkey a keyboard, they would like smash it up.
1: <laughs> right. The thir- I, I fully agree with you there. The first lot definitely would. But it's an infinite amount of monkeys. What if you get a little sort of fancy one? a little a little monkey like what's it called 2001 space odyssey chuck a keyboard up in the air comes flying back down one monkey's going to go i might just be a bit more civil and give that a little tapity tap tap
0: do these like monkeys- a little
1: monkey in a top hat <laughs> it is a monkey in a top hat in my mind yeah <laughs> And that's the evolution. So, you know, the evolution scale of like monkey to man, but it's just monkey with a top hat, monkey with a monocle <laughs> and a top hat, monkey with a monocle, top hat and a jacket, monkey hunched over a keyboard. And then there's like a Jacobean monkey at the end with a quill, like Shakespeare. And he's really, that's the monkey we want. Do these monkeys have a teacher? You're right, because if they're, if they're chained to their computer, they've got no outside interference apart from each other, frustrated monkeys. If there's a water cooler moment for those monkeys and they're able to share information, that changes the, the algorithm completely. Mm. All the, there's so many different variables. If there's someone teaching them, can you ever teach a monkey to type Shakespeare? Oh, that wasn't really the question from Danny from Guildford. Right, We'll Sorry, answer Danny it. Don't you worry about that, Katie. You answer the questions you want to answer. <laughs> Susie? It's down to you. Do you reckon you can ever really teach a monkey anything from your limited experience, as you say?
0: Look, it's so limited. It's such limited experience. <laughs> is, sorry, what is your
1: experience with monkeys? I don't know why I glazed over that.
0: I've I've seen some. <laughs> I've oh. been I've been to Monkey World. Yeah. And, oh, right. And there was there was and you mean it's it's an absolute feast of monkeys.
1: The feast for the eyes of monkeys. Is it is <laughs> that in Dorset, Monkey World?
0: Yes, I believe so.
1: Right. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's I mean, it does what it says in the tin. It's loads of monkeys. But but there's there's another monkey world. Because I remember listening a a long time ago to a, a podcast with Mr. Carl Pilkington. And he's very disappointed to show up at a place that was advertised as monkey world but really, it was just a museum of woollen monkeys. <laughs> it was, You know those woollen monkeys from the tea adverts that they used to have, the little monkey. Oh, it was yes. just a small building with someone's collection of that particular monkey, and it was called Monkey World. <laughs> Imagine showing up for that instead.
0: Well, I think those monkeys would be more likely to type there. Yeah. yeah, me too. Because they've
1: you know, been around they people. Make, yeah.
0: yeah, they can make cups of tea. They're wearing, like, dressing gowns. Yeah. You know, I feel like those guys are more sort of... Integrated within society, that they would see a keyboard and be like, oh, yeah, that's how people send emails. Cool. I'll start tapping. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Sure. My very limited experience of monkeys is quite enlivening. I was in Sweden. uh, So it's a little Swedish monkey, uh, I imagine. And um, they have a big museum. And you know, at a supermarket, when they go into the butcher's section, there's those see through, like translucent plastic flaps that they walk through. Yes. Right. So it's just that. You walk through that, and you're suddenly in a rainforest, and a little capuchin monkey just jumped on my shoulder. No glass, no cage. I mean, that's good because you don't like a monkey in a cage. But the only thing stopping these little monkeys from getting into the outside world was a thin flap of translucent <laughs> plastic. I thought, it's, it's a magical experience. My first thing, it landed on my shoulder and I was like, health and safety is out the window. That's what I thought. I was distracted from the experience because of my British way of thinking. I was like, that should be behind some wire or something.
2: I know. That sounds lovely. No, yes, it sounds lovely. It was lovely. It was so nice.
1: It was so nice. But like I wasn't able to enjoy that connection with nature because I'm thinking this has broken so many rules of health <laughs> and safety that this monkey was allowed to approach me.
2: Did the monkey say anything to you?
1: No, because it was oh. a monkey, Katie. I don't want to shatter your, your lovely, like... lovely worldview, but it was a monkey. <laughs>
2: My <laughs> very, very limited experience of monkeys is that I've, I've just played a monkey in
1: pantomime. Right, what panto? So
2: what <laughs> did one in Aladdin. You was
1: a monkey in Aladdin, yeah. you boo from Aladdin. Yeah. Fun? Yeah, played the drums, why not? You played a monkey. I played the monkey. Susie, panto, any experience, <laughs> former panto experience?
0: I've done none, but I, I do think that I could be sort of quite a good prince.
1: You would go. You know, oh, when yeah. they have a girl a dressed up so as a good. prince. Charles, yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Um, but no, currently sans monkey, sans monkey <laughs> experience, sans monkey panto experience, sans panto experience.
1: Sure. I hope that answers your question, Danny from Guildford.
0: <laughs> I imagine it does. I imagine it does.
1: <laughs> if you would like a question at Transplain, send an email to askjordan at off script.co.uk. Alternatively, pop your question down in the review section of Apple Podcasts. What's going to happen now is our lovely guest, Susie Ruffle, is going to ask us a small question. Susie, have you got a, a small question for us to cap off this episode?
0: I, I do. Why are cherry tomatoes so much more superior? Than regular tomatoes. Oh, oh.
1: That's a great question. Let's just—we've got to make sure the underlying premise is sound. Now, I—I I, I think I agree with you saying that. I'm sorry. Have you been listening to this podcast?
0: <laughs> the idea that the underlying pre- premise needs to be sound is an absolute piss take. <laughs>
1: I apply the scientific method willy-nilly. I'll, I'll admit that. I mean, it's all willy-all-nilly. It is. I'm the willy, this. you're the nilly. We're sort of, this is our whole show. This is great. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think so. we're talking about superior is the word because of their deliciousness. Or, oh, yeah. Right. So. Oh,
0: yeah. We're talking about how yummy they are.
1: Why is a, t- a tiny tomato tastier than a big tomato? Uh, Katie, yeah. let's just, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Do you yeah. agree with that initial scientific statement?
2: I'm gonna say yes. I, I don't eat tomatoes, okay. but I'm gonna right. say yes.
1: Right, great. Aesthetically,
2: definitely, right. they got a lot going for them.
1: <laughs> sure, you know, you can get more of them in one place than you can a big tomato.
2: Yeah, and they're fun, <laughs> and like yeah, they're good vibes. They're good yeah. vibes. Yeah, they're, they're, worse. Not, they're definitely good vibes. They're not like, you know, because sometimes a big tomato is like, oh, I'm here, and it's like everywhere. Yeah. And the cherry tomatoes are like, woo, let's have a party. Because there's more of them. Yeah, and they're like fun
1: times. (laughs) What's what's really interesting, Susie, is this is the first time this has ever happened on the show. Let me explain. Uh, Transplain, as it were. We we had the lovely Dinesh Nathan on uh, perhaps last episode, perhaps the episode before. And he asked why fun-sized Mars bars are better than Mars bars. Now, you might think superficially... That's a similar question, but I'm going to explain now why it's not. Because I offered a transformation and it was that because a fun-sized Mars bar is essentially just two ends of a Mars bar and the best bit squished together. So it's the best bits of a big one. But that does not apply to a tomato because, as we all know, a tomato is a spherical beast. Mm. There's no end to a tomato. So you've not got the best bits of a big tomato.
2: But is it more uh, rewarding to the consumer (laughs) that you could put a whole cherry tomato in your mouth? Right. Can you fit a whole tomato? Tomato?
1: You're, you're right, but is is the um the enjoyment of our food in that we're able to consume it in one go? Like a, a roast dinner, I, I like the I like I like the journey of a roast dinner. I don't want to I don't like a little Willy Wonka gum that tastes like, like when a, a s- roast dinner.
0: Snake dislocates its jaw and just
1: ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think to a to a snake that a regular tomato is more delicious than perhaps a buffalo because it can go in in one go? Um, I'm fully I'm fully on board with the fact that they are better but I'm still racking my brain as to why
2: do they have less pips what's the good bit about tomatoes the pips ah, the, best what's pit?
1: the what's not the good bit about a tomato? <laughs> Susie are you, a, are you a, you're a fan presumably of the tomatoes I'm, I'm a
2: fan I'm a fan I would say
0: that the the most important thing about a tomato is how firm the outer is <laughs> mm. right you don't get a soft little as soon little one. as we start no, getting as get soon as we start ones. getting soft I feel like you fucked your salad <laughs> As soon as you're thinking, you're thinking, as soon as it's got no structural integrity, I'm Deborah Meadon and I'm out.
1: (laughs) You are, Susie, you're able to hold a straight face. True. Like I have always been I, since school, I've always had such an admiration for people that are able to just say ridiculous things. Not, not to. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you believe it a hoax. Seriously,
0: I know that, Susie. I appreciate I we're that. quite new friends, but like this is, this is new. This is important stuff. Yeah. That I'm trying to bring to the fore. You've got, you know, you've got a platform. I'm trying to just, I just want to have these conversations. Yeah, They're uncomfortable conversations to have. Exactly. But it's gonna, important that we have them.
1: If we're gonna make the world better for our children and leave a better world. We need to f- figure this stuff out before it's yeah. too late. Um, so were the world to be... Com- it is, okay, it's a big one. Were the, were the world's supply of big tomatoes to completely disappear, would your life be affected in the slightest? Not Either even of a bit. Th- Not even a bit because a little tomato exclusively.
0: I can take you down to my fridge. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's full of little what? tomatoes. What? If you opened it, it would be like a ball pit just falling out.
1: Wall to wall. Wall to wall. Tomatoes, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> There's a party in your fridge and it's full of tomatoes. And perhaps how does, how does one hunt a, a little baby tomato? Because presumably that's a different than a pea. You don't sneak up on a tomato. I'm going to ask a silly question now, which is the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. How does <laughs> What does the tomato look like when it's growing? Where, where is it? Like a, it's on a vine. That grows out of the ground? mm so it, it well, grows yeah, up taller than that. hangs.
0: do you think it's going to well, grow out of? No, I mean, like... Um, <laughs> well, no, you get a tomato plant. Yeah, yeah. you like a tomato plant. Yeah. And then the vines come off of them. Then they're very green and angry to begin with. <laughs> and as they mature, they get redder.
1: Okay. The tom- mm. And then if they
0: get too mature, ah, oh, you've lost your structural integrity. you fucked it. Mm. Too
1: big. It's That's a it, timing
0: thing. It's a timing thing. All
1: about, all about the timing. Mm. Um,
0: very uh, similar to comedy in that respect, tomatoes.
1: That's it, I can see now the crossover. I can see why mm. you brought this question to us, Susie, because <laughs> of course we are professionals in that area. Katie, like a big point of the show is that I don't want to dismiss or talk, talk over anybody's opinions. Would you like to offer the conclusive explanation for Susie in this respect? There's no wrong answers. Why are Little Tomatoes better?
2: Little Tomatoes are better because, because they're they are more... more...
1: Fra- fun. Fun. fun fun they're more fun they're more fun right so because that came from both of us at the same time that was that's a consensus yeah was they're just more fun yeah you don't seem um happy. no i've sort
0: <laughs> of, kind of throughout the conversation i've sort of come up with my own answer okay let's I've, hear it
1: susie let's hear that
0: it, it, we've, we've had dialogue the dialogue's <laughs> encouraged my brain to get fizzy i've okay. now i've now i've brought a question that
1: i now have my own answer to like a therapist very much so. You sort very of know the answer Very similar going to a therapist. That's oh, fine. That's all we're here very for. Very similar to a therapist. We ask you how uh, you feel. How yeah. do you feel about that? And you, you know, you know how you feel about tomatoes. Why are they better?
0: Well, actually, it's just from listening to you two. Yeah. You were talking about a big tomato. I think the issue with a big tomato is it's too wet inside. <laughs> and I think with a smaller tomato, it was actually Katie's act out of being a big tomato that really got my, Thank if you, you don't mind me saying it, juices flowing. My <laughs> yes. tomato juice is flowing. <laughs> Um, and then I think that the thing about a tiny Tom is it's everything. It's, it's compacted, isn't it? It's compacted into mm. to what you want. It's bringing less water to the event. I love Small it. Small
1: is cool. Small is always cool. <laughs> Small. Okay, I'm fully on board with that. I really love, you know, this is an exchange of information and I feel like I've, mm. I've learned something today. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to put my ego aside and admit I've learned something about tomatoes. Mm. So thank you so much for bringing us that small question. (laughs) What I do have here, as a fun fun little aside, is that I think we probably tend to ask guests if they've got uh, two or three ideas of small questions. And I really, really quickly want to touch on this one because this is a really fun one and -hmm. I've got opinions. Um, One of perhaps your alternative small questions, uh, Susie, was does everyone look great in a suit? And I have to say, you look bloody great in Mm. a suit. So you're a self-fulfilling prophecy in that respect. You do look bloody good in a suit.
0: But I think everyone does. You've just got to have the confidence to wear it.
1: Like most things in life, like confidence. Yeah. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen you in a suit, Katie, but I suspect the, that that theory does hold true.
2: I love suits, but I can't fit them under my costumes on stage and it makes me angry every gig. I've
1: it's... seen you dressed as a ghost more than anything else, well, like a, yeah. which is is a joy to behold. <laughs> I don't know, Susie, if you've ever seen Katie's ghost. I've not ever seen a ghost. I, I can't, I shan't spoil the premise, but it's a musical extravaganda from start to finish that crowbars in uh, ghosts. It's just every reference to a ghost that, that you could find in pop music it's a great outfit choice. <laughs> it's low maintenance. I'm
2: also invisible. <laughs> you
1: are. You are I, I love a suit, I've got to say. It was, mm. uh, it was a revelation for me. I did The Voice in 2016 and they were going to stick me in a big ball gown. It was going to be a big celebration of femininity and all that, which was really nice, but it wasn't my decision. I said, just because I'm transgender doesn't mean I can't rock a suit. Ellen wears a suit. like Annie Lennox wears a suit. And they let me wear this amazing fire apple tomato <gasps> coloured suit, if anything. And it changed, changed my life forever because what happened? I was wearing a bright red tomato coloured suit And the couch was bright red and tomato coloured. And live on TV, I thought it'd be really funny to lie down and close my eyes and try and be invisible in front of (laughs) six million people. And it got a nice little response. And then that's how I started comedy. So, yeah, you've always worn a suit. Susie Ruffle. has it always been your go-to?
0: No, it hasn't, actually. uh, For a long time, I wanted to wear a suit, but I didn't have the confidence.
2: Mm.
0: And now, and and, and as I've got older, I've stopped. I mean, I still care what people think because, you know, I'm human. But (laughs) um, I've got that affliction. But I care less what people think. And now I like wearing like a suit and tie, which I, for a long time, I was worried that it meant like it was too butch or too this or too that or too dikey or, and then I got to a stage where I thought, I, I, might, I don't care if people think I'm too dykey.
1: <laughs> I like wearing a shirt and tie. Well, not to trip up our own theory, but what about an ill-fitting suit? Is it just the suit or does the suit have to really fit? What about a big oversized suit? Like David Byrne? Like David, Exactly like David Byrne. <laughs> Would everybody look good in a David Byrne suit? David Byrne does.
2: If you've got the confidence, I think, that you're rocking that. The swagger. That's your Was start? it Kate
0: Moss that said it's all about the confidence for Mir- for Rimmel? Yeah, wasn't right. it Rimmel London? It's yeah. all about the yeah.
1: confidence. All about the confidence. I suppose Zendaya's rocking a big suit, are not they? It's all mm. big now. It's all about bigger stuff. Oh, gosh, this has just triggered one of those core memories you have as a child. When my little sister lost a tooth, Susie, I used to leave mm-hmm. money for her under the pillow. But then I, I, I myself was a child and didn't have, like, riches to spare. So instead, I made a tiny, tiny little dresses that would fit a tooth fairy. And I left them under a pillow. And I remember all I did was just cut out, like, pieces of felt. Right, I folded a piece of felt in half, cut out a suit. You know, like you would, like, make a snow, uh, what do you call it? Make, make a, a, a snowflake. snowflake out of paper. And I sewed the whole thing together and then was bewildered as to why you couldn't, like, put it on a toy. And it's because I've sewed up the holes. And that's how I learned how, <laughs> how suits work.
2: Yeah. so cute that
1: you did that. Yeah, and loads of them. Every yeah. every time she lost her tooth, she got this stupid little tiny felt non thing That's from so me. So cute. Yeah.
0: That is adorable.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've got loads of them if you're, if you're looking. Katie, if you are yeah. still thinking about rocking you the suit. they my
0: size. Yeah,
1: lots and lots of those, yeah. those suits. <laughs> um, do you feel uh, Susie sufficiently transplained to on the subject of tomatoes and suits?
0: I do, I do, yes, massively. Thank you for helping me with those issues. I've, they've been sort of rattling around my head for a while and now I can just put them to one side.
1: You're very gracious. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for entertaining us. Katie, uh, any, any final thoughts on the tomato and the soup debacle? I think it's wrapped up, but I don't want to talk over you. You know, you've got opinions off your I own
2: think question. I feel like we've wrapped it up. We've come to our conclusions. We know how we feel now. Mm-hmm. We all uh, know how we yeah, feel. Yeah, I feel very confident in our decisions today. Go on, get a suit then. Oh, no, my go. If You're that
1: confident. Prove <laughs> it. Thank you so much, Susie and Katie, for joining me. Find out more about Katie at katiepritchard.co.uk. You've got lots of dates coming up, which are listed on your website. Catch her show disco ball on ITVX. And next up, as I mentioned, Susie is currently touring the show Snappy. So head to susieruffle.com to find out where you can see her, and you can listen to Out and like-minded friends wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you both so much for joining me. If you have something you want to ask, email off scriptcouk or pop your question in the iTunes review section and do rate, review and subscribe to Transplaining is an off-script production produced by Ben Backhouse and executive producer Louise Berry. Susie Ruffle. thank you so much. Thank you, Jordan. You're so sweet. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. Katie Pitchard, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: This is so nice. You're so lovely people. I look forward to hanging out with you both again soon. This has been Transpending. I've been Jordan Gray. Thanks. That is the end of the podcast.